You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Age of Radio. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. You ready to get this going? Yes, sir. We're going to talk some MS. MLS tables. Yes. Dude. Major League Soccer, baby. Yes. Are you ready? Let's do it. We're going to start with the Eastern Conference. The New England Revolution lead the conference so far with seven wins, two two draws, and one loss in 23 points. Orlando City Soccer Club is 5-3-1 in 18 points. Philadelphia Union is 5-3-2 in 18 points. New York City Football Club is 4-2-3 in 14 points. The Columbus Crew is 4-2-3 as well in 14 points. Nashville SC is 3-5-1 in 14 points. D.C. United is 4-1-5 in 13 points. The New York Red Bulls are 4-0-5 in 12 points. <clears throat> Excuse me. CF Montreal is 3-3-3 in 12 points. Atlanta United FC is 2-5-2 in 11 points. Inter-Miami CF is 2-2-5-8. FC Cincinnati is 2-1-5-7 and seven. and 7 points. Uh, Toronto FC is 1-2-6-5 and five points. And Chicago Fire FC is 1-1-7-4 one, one, and four points. Are you ready to head out west? Let's do it. Here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the Seattle Sounders FC is 7-3-0 and oh in 24 points. Sporting Kansas City is 6-2-3 and three in 20 points. LA Galaxy is 6-0-3 and three in 18 points. The Colorado Rapids are 5-1-3 and in 16 points. The Portland Timbers are 4-1-4 and in 13 points. Houston Dynamo FC is 3-4-3 and in 13 points. Real Salt Lake is 3-3-2 in 12 points. LAFC is right across the board 3-3-3 in 12 points. Minnesota United FC is 3-2-4 and in 11 points. The San Jose Earthquakes are 3-1-6 in 10 points. Austin FC is 2-3-5 in 9 points. 
Vancouver Whitecaps two one and six and seven points. NFC Dallas is one four four and seven points. How's that for you? Pretty good, isn't it? Interesting, interesting. Yes, sir. Next up, we're going to talk some world golf rankings. Golf. Little white ball. <laughs> All right, here we go with the women's the world rankings. Shit ring- out of it. Oh, <clears throat> sure. Sorry. With the women's world rankings, number one in the world is Jin Young Ko from Korea. Number two in the world, NB Park from Korea. Number three in the world, Nelly Korda from the United States. Number four in the world is Se-Young Kim from Korea. Number five in the world is Brooke M. Henderson from Canada. Number six in the world is Danielle Kang from the United States. Number seven in the world, Lexi Thompson from the United States. Number eight in the world is Haijo Kim from Korea. Number nine is Yuka Sasso from the Philippines. And number ten in the world is Lydia Ko from New Zealand. And now we're going to run down the USA because we have all top nine, except for one, is from the United States. So two through eight will be United States, and we'll tell you the rest. Here we go. Number one in the world, John Ram from Spain. Number two in the world, Dustin Johnson from the United States. Number three, Justin Thompson from the United States. Number four, Thompson or Thomas? Whatever. Thomas it is. Just one Number four, Colin Morikawa from the United States. Number five, Xander Shefeli, United States. Number six, Bryson DeChambeau, United States. Number seven, Patrick Cantley, United States. Number eight, Brooks Kepka, United States. And number nine, Patrick Reed from the United States. And finally, number ten in the world, Rory McIlroy, Northern Ireland. How do you like them apples? McIlroy. <clears throat> yes, not McIntyre, who is Scottish, McIlroy. It was Northern Irish. Yes, baby. And now for the FedEx Cup standings. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's do this. What's wrong? Uh, you just sound so excited. Trying to make this as epic as possible. <laughs> we, we need the movie guy's voice. <laughs> I can't do that right now. <laughs> In a world where golf was not that great. Oh, wait. Welcome. To reality. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, my bad golf fans. <laughs> Number one in the FedEx Cup standings right now is Patrick Cantley with 1,960 points. Number two, John Rahm, a 1,823 points. Number three is Bryson DeChambeau with 1,760 points. Number four is Jordan Spieth at 1,742 points. Justin Thomas is number five with 1,708 points. <clears throat> number six is Victor Hovland, 1,630 points. Number seven is Xander Sheffele with 1,579 points. Number eight is Colin Morikawa, 1,536 points. Number nine is Jason Kokrak with 1,511 points. And number ten is Luis Osasunzian. Osasunzian, I think. <laughs> it's hard, dude. There's two O's, a U, I, a Z. There's too much letters Enthusi- in this. Oh. <laughs> Enthusiastic for number 10 <laughs> with 1,438 points. At least finally the FedEx Cup points actually make numerical sense. Right? Remember when we were looking at these a while ago, the points were off 
But the ranking. And we were both looking at each other like, what is up with this crap? I don't know, dude. So, we're going to talk about the U.S. Open. Let's do it. A couple weeks ago, John Rahm was removed from a PGA event for testing positive for COVID. Unfortunately for Rahm, he had a six-stroke lead going into the final day of the event. Fans and even some of the sports media world wondered why not have Rom go out to the course when there was no other golfers and have a staff member and an official who would always stay six feet away from him out there to watch him. But Rom would head to the U.S. Open on, at Torrey Pines ready to reclaim his game. And he did ever. And that's supposed to be him say, boy, did he ever. My bad. Rom dominated on Sunday while others crumbled away. One was defending U.S. champion Bryson DeChambeau who shot... 8 over 44 on the back 9. Despite trailing by one stroke with two holes remaining, Rom would birdie 17 from 25 feet out, 18 and 18 from 18 feet out. Yeah, the dude's last name, who I can't say, Luis, <laughs> who was leading by a single stroke, could only manage par on 17 and 18 and saw his lead evaporate. Rom winning the U.S. Open was his first career major and catapulted him back to the number one world golf ranking. So, Cooper, your thoughts on John Rahm's past couple weeks. Congratulations. <clears throat> Started out with a rocky rocky start, but uh, you got the U.S. Open, dude. That's pretty sweet. Right, and winning the U.S. Open on Father's Day after being a recent dad. All right, that's pretty sweet, dude. That's that's uh, like movie status. <clears throat> mm-hmm. What's with me in movies right now? I'm like, I don't know. What is with you in movies? I don't know. I've been watching a lot of them lately. So. All right. So then there's that. But <laughs> it, was, it was a great um, couple weeks for him after the uh, unsolid start with the, uh, you know, uh, being removed for COVID, testing positive for COVID. I'm kind of with the fans, though, and others in the sports media, kind of like, why not have him go out by himself with an official and uh, another person who does, basically the other person, the staff member was going to be the one who would, Pull the flag for him when he's putting and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, why not have that? I don't know. It just seemed odd know. to me not to let him just finish out the tournament on his own. Account his score. Whether he won or not would have just been yes or no. I mean. And not only that, but golf is a little <clears> different <throat> than, say, like baseball, basketball, or any kind of thing like that. It's It's pretty much you against the course. Yeah, it's not I me. Mean, you're not going against directly with someone else. I mean, you're facing they, people on the leaderboard if, trying to yeah, but if better they them. Spa- but. I mean, if you space it out, there are ways you can go about doing this. Right. I mean, really, I don't understand why they didn't let him finish. I don't really understand it either. It didn't make much sense to me. I mean, golf has its rules about how it's been handling COVID. But to me, it just seemed a little odd that you couldn't. Either before everybody started on Sunday, because they found out like like hours before. It's the only sport, though. It's like, it'd be easy to space it out. Yeah. Well, not only that, too, since they knew hours before even the first tee-off, they could have started him and then on the front nine, and then as soon as he got to the back nine, you can then have started the next, the official first tee-off for everybody else that was starting on Sunday morning. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. Our favorite saying. Yeah. But he got his vengeance as he won the U.S. Open, his first major of his career, and hopefully many more for John Rahm, the new father, and he gets to enjoy this one, especially because it was on Father's Day. Definitely, man. Definitely. All right. So, moving on. 
The NCAA was dealt a crushing blow earlier this week in the Supreme Court as all nine justices ruled that the current that the current compensation for student athletes is grossly unjust and violates antitrust laws that limit educational compensation for student athletes. The court's decision now allows schools to provide unlimited compensation on educational on an educational basis, basically providing more than just what the cost of tuition and room and board would be for athletes. An example would be an education abroad program where the student can further their education attending a sister university in another country. Another was the ability for student or for schools to expand compensation for postgraduate education as well. Student athletes getting compensated to get their master's degree or other and beyond, i.e. like doctorates and stuff like that. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh stated that this ruling would be brought up again against the NCAA as, as potential more antitrust lawsuits could be brought on them for monetary compensation for student athletes. So, Cooper, the Supreme Court just gave the NCAA a bit of a low blow with their ruling of 9 nothing. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I really think this needed to happen, though. I think the NCAA is pulling in too much money off of these student-athletes. And it's mm -hmm. not fair to them, dude. They've, like we've talked about before, there's there's not been a real thing to help them with insurance, other mm -hmm. things like that. The, these student-athletes are making NCAA big money, you know what I mean? And yep. they're not getting anything in return. Other than, other than what, an education? And who knows, you know... And it's a limited education. It's, a it's limited basically education. getting your bachelor's degree. It's basically, degree. as long as you don't get hurt and you can continue to play, you have an education. Right. Yeah. If, if you know, if something happens to you, you're screwed. Yeah, basically that's what it so. is, and it's ridiculous. So now this, and the NCAA tried, of course, argue that it would be unfair for the major schools who can provide these um, um, study abroad programs and it's just, hey, man, you got no, to be able to... It's unfair for them because you're <clears throat> taking the power out of their hands and it's been in there too long. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but uh, I, I miss my NCAA games. Right. And uh, I think that this will help student athletes learn, too, how to use their, their money and their finances before, you know, say before they become professional athletes. Right. So and it plus then it helps the student athletes who aren't going professional and it it will help them further their education education and get into the field that so. they are going to go into exactly where the monetary gain that they're getting now in their scholarship is going to take care of their master's degree their possible doctor's degree if that's something they're going to end up going have, going after in whatever field they're wanting to go into that's going to be a whole lot so better. I think you and I both agree when we say we like <clears> this yes. So, yeah. And uh, we got two more things about this to go. Um, yesterday, June 24th, Governor Andy Bashir of Kentucky signed an executive order to allow student athletes in the state of Kentucky to get monetary compensation for their name, image, and likeness. Bashir is the first governor to use an executive order regarding the NIL laws that have been passed. The executive order goes into, into, into effect July 1st, along with the laws passed by Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, New Mexico, and Texas. The governor stated it helps schools from its um, from falling behind competitively, competitively as their big schools 
the University of Kentucky in the SEC and the University of Louisville in the ACC would end up falling behind the schools that are in the states that the law is going to affect. So, i.e., Georgia for Kentucky and also the University of Florida <clears throat> when it comes to Kentucky's competitiveness. And then the ACC school, or and of course Mississippi, I forgot, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. And then uh, University of Louisville will have to fall behind Miami and Florida State when it comes to recruit, recruiting and all that, when it comes to that. So this actually ends up helping Kentucky and Louisville and helps the, you know, even even the smaller ones, Western Kentucky and all that. Oh, yeah, I think this is a big change for the, for the whole, um, you know, schools as a whole, dude. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's something that they needed. I mean, especially with everything going on with this pandemic, to, to help you know, those families out, to help those student athletes out mm-hmm. is and help those schools. That's this is what we needed to take the control back from the NCAA board. Yeah. And give it back to the schools and the students. Right. So it's it's been interesting. So they and uh <clears throat> there's still rumors of more and we're gonna talk about the rumors that more laws could be passed or executive orders can be put done by uh, other governors mm-hmm. um i know north carolina is soon to be making their decision uh, whether or not they're going to do it so again that would have put louisville behind having to compete against unc duke when it comes to basketball recruiting and stuff so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens moving forward and i'm liking this um it's kind of a little bit cruddy because the I know what the and we're going to talk about it here in a second. The NCAA was kind of hoping Congress would actually work on a federal NIL law, but since they're kind of still dragging their feet about a lot of other issues that they're trying to take care of, it's not like they're not ignore they're ignoring it. They got other very pressing needs. I'm not trying to um, say anything bad about Congress. I'm just referring to the fact that they got more probably more pressing needs than name image and likeness laws on federal oh, level yeah. where the states are going ahead and taking into effect um taking the matter into their own hands and it's going to be interesting to see um and we're going to actually talk about here what the nca has done um as well so on wednesday so the day before that june uh, june 23rd NCAA President Mark Emmert sent out a memo to all member schools of the association is working towards setting up interim rules that would allow players to get monetary compensation for their fame and celebrity. The seven states that have NLI laws that go into effect July 1st with the potential of more states joining with the laws or executive orders in the way of Kentucky we just talked about. NCAA, NCAA was also dealt that huge blow in the Supreme Court for the antitrust violations. The NCAA is finally taking proper steps towards properly compensating student-athletes with better education benefits and now the ability to get monetary gains for their name, image, and likeness. Cooper, it looks like the NCAA finally has thrown up its white flag and it's finally making the proper steps of compensating student-athletes well, to make gonna, them money. They were going to have to. Well, yeah, that Supreme Court the, ruling yeah. was already the first step. So this is this is good all around, dude, and you know this gives future generations a better chance too, and it gives you know student athletes a chance to say, well, what if I don't make it as a student athlete? Mm-hmm. This gives them also something to fall back on. Yep. 
this helps them out. Exactly. And not only that, but it helps the, the, the student athlete out that does go pro. It helps get them ready for this. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it gives back to the schools. Right. That's exactly what needs to happen. It needs to give back to the schools. They need to be able to have insurance funds for, for players. All sorts of stuff, dude. Yeah. This is going to make wave for a lot of good things. Right. And it's also going to help. It's going to help out on a whole bunch of different levels. It's going to help out, the, like you said, it's going to help out the schools. It's going to help out the student athletes themselves. Oh, yeah. And possibly, probably, I still kind of think, though, even though the NCAA is trying to make the right steps, this still could be the eventual beginning of the downfall of the NCAA as an association. And may see eventually the um, established new setup between the Power Five conferences and even the uh, non-Power Five conferences to set up a, a, a more proper association where it helps benefit everybody in the way it really needs to benefit everybody. As long as it stays in the right hand, we're on the right path. Yeah, I That's the biggest problem is you never know who mm-hmm. gets is going to get into it. Yeah. yeah. Something like that, you're going to need someone who actually can be able to run something like that. You know, I, I can think of a few. If you want to go with a sports person, Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's dad would be a good one to get. Um, someone who has a career in running certain businesses and also is a bit of a quote-unquote, I hate saying this word because it makes it sound like it's not a good thing, but it actually would be a politician in the way of Condoleezza Rice who knows sports and also knows the political side of things and how to take care of both sides of an issue. And Condoleezza Rice would be a good person to have to be the first one to start that as well. So I believe if that's where we end up... I mean, I'm not saying the NCAA is going to be done in like the next six months. This oh, is, no. There's going to be a process. That's true. Yeah. But I also don't... I don't, wouldn't be surprised if this isn't the first step towards their demise either. Well, actually... One of the few, first few steps we've already seen their first steps in demise is the way that with the uh, Ed O'Bannon um, lawsuit that's now finally been resolved, and now the NCAA and they're blow by the Supreme Court justices of all nine voting nine. They couldn't even get one vote for them. <laughs> that's how bad they were doing this. Yeah, all nine justices said you are in the wrong and you're breaking so many antitrust laws. And even, like, we talked about Brett Kavanaugh. He was quoted as saying that their business practice would be absolutely illegal in any other uh, industry sector. Oh, yeah, man. This is crazy, dude. So, so it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years with this. Because mm-hmm. I think we're moving into something different. Yeah, we are definitely moving into a new uncharted waters, and we hope that this goes the way it needs to go. The NCAA is trying to make the right steps finally after they were kind of forced to. It's bad that you had to be forced to make the right steps. You should have already seen this coming. The fact that it even went as far as that is Supreme Court, (laughs) that's that's pretty bad, dude. Well, I mean, they had to take it to the Supreme Court because it kept losing. That's what I'm saying. The fact (laughs) that it just... Has gone this far, and yeah. it took the it getting that far for them to finally 
okay, okay. It's like, no, you guys have been screwing people out of scholarships, screwing people out of, you know, the name and likeness of their, of who they are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you guys aren't giving back to these schools. Yeah. You're making millions and not giving none of it back. So where the hell's it all gone? Right. So you're, yeah, you're just screwing a lot of people. And we'll, so hopefully, like we said, this ends up getting done the right way. The NCAA starts making the right moves. It's It's got a lot of work to do to keep itself afloat, honestly, now. Um, Emmerich did, doesn't believe that they'll get the interim stuff done by July 1st, but they're hoping to have it done by the next, I believe, quarter, which I believe is in September, is the next quarter of the fiscal calendar. Because usually the fiscal calendar runs from um, July 1st to June 30th. And I believe the fiscal quarter is in September for them. So that's where they're hoping to go next is by then. They'll be in their um, next fiscal quarter is when they can get the interim stuff started. Which roughly will get them around the time um, college football season starts and hopefully get everything going. So it'll be definitely interesting to see what goes on. I... Mm -hmm. This is really unprecedented waters. You don't know, you know. We're trading in new times here, and uh, mm -hmm. it's about damn time. All right. Student athletes are going to finally get the peace of mind that they need, that they're knowing that at some point that their lives aren't going to be controlled by somebody outside their family. You know. Yeah, and not only that, but then... Then just like the worry of getting hurt, the worry of am I going to lose my scholarship? I mean, you've heard so many horror stories about, you know, like watching ESPN and they've done they've done these interviews with these kids that mm -hmm. they you know have thousands and thousands of dollars of unpaid medical bills because the NCAA is unwilling to help. Yeah, and the school can't help them because their hands are tied. Yeah. By the NCAA, so and so we're gonna see a lot. We're gonna see a lot a brighter future for student athletes, and uh, I think with that too, just in general, because schools now don't have to worry so much either um, about what's going to happen um, with a lot of things. Is going to all be positive at some point. So that's a lot to take in. Definitely is, man, and interesting news. Yes. It's been a good podcast. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you guys sticking around and listening. And, we uh, do. You know, um, we've got we've got our uh, Hell in a Cell recap coming up soon. Yep, that's tomorrow. And we got some more NBA playoffs. Mm -hmm. Damn Clippers finally mm -hmm. won yeah. against the Suns. This is uh, it's turning out to be some... Uh, How do you get Chris Paul back and lose? <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting, and, uh, you know. Got Chris Paul back against the Lakers and won. Clippers I'm glad we're back on schedule. Everything's going good, so. All right. Uh, you know, uh, sorry, sorry big man got sick, but we got to we gotta take precautions, and we want to sound professional about what we do, and. Uh, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, if one of us is sick, we're going to take a leave. Yep, we got to kind of have to. And we're definitely not going to try to run an episode by ourselves because we'll sound really boring. <laughs> yeah, that, that is very, very true. And <clears throat> If we mm. want boring, we'll just go into politics then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or we'll completely have a podcast dedicated to golf. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or am I? Ooh. Oh. I'm kidding. Anyways. So, yes, yeah, so we got baseball, basketball talk. It's been... Uh, a terrible week for the Dodgers in baseball. Oy. We got no hit by the Cubs last night. Go Cubbies. Bite me, Snoopy. <laughs> I thought you were a Dodger fan now. What happened? I am. Yeah, that's what I thought. I am, but you know. Yeah, I got family in Chicago. Because <laughs> we're part of the Russian Mafia. <laughs> oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. Was <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Uh, Bill, don't come for me. <laughs> Never said that. Never ever said that. Don't come for me, Bill. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to go against the family. Uh-huh. Oh, Whoopsie. Man. Anyways. This has been fun. Yes. So that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.